0: Hello and welcome to Big Fish Little Pond, my name is Glenn Manton and on the other side of the microphone, esteemed age journalist, Anthony Colangelo.
1: Hello Glenn, you've um, you've come in today, you look like you've been running, you're I in a rush, what's going up on? up the
0: stairs of this Channel 9 facility that houses the age to do this podcast because unfortunately we missed last week because we had a collision of times and dates and it just didn't work and I just want to get back on the front foot. I was ill. You were ill. I didn't like seeing you down. Yeah. How did you recover? What sort of person are you in terms of being ill? Are you the, you know, the suffering in silence type or are you ringing a bell for people to bring you a, a tea? Oh, I had,
1: had a Friday off and that kind of fixed me up.
0: You had a Friday off? Yep. Didn't do much. Just Into a long weekend?
1: Uh, yeah, longish weekend.
0: You didn't pop any Sudafeds, did you? No. Well, you can't buy Sudafed with Sudafedra anymore. I remember back in the day when players would be popping five or six Sudafeds before a game. And I tell you what, they got off to a fast start, It'd be a horrible feeling, though. You'd be all dry in the nostrils and throat. But it's a shame that uh, you can't get a good Sudafed anymore. It is a shame.
1: You should be an honest man, honest men. Like you and I should be able to walk two into Sudafeds a pharmacist and, you're right and through it.
0: buy a packet of Sudafeds. Well, you don't think you need a packet. You just need one or two and no. you're done. Yeah, but you can't just buy one tablet. You've got to buy a whole packet. Well, that could be the uh, proviso. You just take them one at a time. Show your commitment coming back to the pharmacist day in, day out. <sighs> imagine that. I can imagine that. You can, can still you can you still four Sudafeds and a lemon tea.
1: You can still buy the full strength in America, which is good. When I was there a couple of years ago and I was sick. Well, thanks,
0: Carlos it well, I'm just saying. I actually you, brought some how, back. I yeah. was going to say, how many did you bring back in your luggage? Just one one paquito. Yeah, okay. Now, let's get straight into it. No, nah, just, just before okay, this please. might be
1: interesting. Can you just tell me about you at the Fringe Festival? Like, I've been seeing things coming up. I've put the dates in my diary, I'm the weeks. I'm playing a
0: show at the Fringe Festival in September. It's based on my book called Put Your Damn Phone Down. Tickets are available via the Fringe website, where you'll also find a bio about the whole show. This is the Melbourne Fringe Festival. This is the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Do not buy a ticket to Adelaide, one way or otherwise. Melbourne Fringe Festival, Esplanade Hotel, the iconic Espie. It's going to be on the balcony there. Intimate show, around about 40 people each night, running Monday through Thursday. I think it's the 16th through 24th of September. It's going to be intense, immense provocative fun get there so balcony outdoors balconies indoors okay what, what's that like it's a lovely space. Have you been to the SP since it's been renovated? Have we had a Christmas party in there and I'm so wondering just to the left as you go through the front door. Is it on the top level? No, no, no. First floor to the left. Okay, I haven't been into that particular room. Yeah. It's a nice little room, self-contained, toilet facilities, bar facilities, nice space. There's a bar in there. There's a bar There's in There's a there. toilet in there. There's a toilet. So I can in go and take a leak if you during can your performance. Take a leak should you need to. I can't wait to go. You can That's relieve yourself. You can actually relieve yourself of bodily fluids and and tension and maybe even some secrets to a stranger as part of the show because it's all based on an interactive speed dating type format. Now,
1: that was the part that kind of alarmed me when I read the um, kind of summary of the show, that there is audience participation. Of course. There is interaction.
0: Get involved.
1: I, When I go to a show, I prefer just to be passive.
0: And that's where you're going wrong. <laughs> Get involved. On the train and actually come on a journey that actually sees you become part of the show. So should I come alone or should I bring someone? I think it's be a wonderful date. I really do think it'd be okay. a great date night. Because I'd the be thing going is, through the address book. well, you could go through your little taladex and pull out a young lady or even for that matter, a couple of male friends or whoever it happens to be. But you're going to go with that date. You're going to meet other people. And then at the back end... You're already at the ESPY. You're at a great oh, venue. Yeah. You've got Ichi Ni Nana next door where you can yeah. go for some nice Japanese and you can talk about the show. And by the end of the evening, wow, wow, I've really probably helped you across the line, to be quite honest.
1: There's a bathroom in the ESPY that looks like Moaning Myrtle's bathroom from Harry Potter, if anyone
0: understands. Nath, do you? Yeah, yeah. Nath gets that reference, to you? I've never watched Harry Potter okay. and I have no intention of watching Harry Potter. Well, However, during the week, did you see that the Star Wars... Disney, uh, if you like, series was released. The Mandalorian, did you see that? The what? The Mandalorian. Sounds like it. Based on the Boba Fett type character. It is going to be unbelievable. Isn't it Boba Fett? I call it Boba Fett. Okay, is is, the Western suburbs. Right, so is that a new character now? Uh, So it's sort of a a twist on that character. I must admit, I'm not 100% across it. Uh, but I saw the uh, trailer a couple of times. Well, you like Harry Potter? I can't stand it. So I would just say uh, I just. I would love to see Harry Potter just sliced in half by a lightsaber and be done with. It's terrible. I'd love to see that. It's terrible. Blood and gore everywhere. It's terrible. End of Harry. There is. I'd no, like okay. to see him cut in half vertically. There is gore in Harry Potter. Blood oh, and gore if that's what you need. Piss. No, it's
1: not. It's a very good story. Oh. God. Anyway, we're not going to argue about it. It's just, just. And so, yep. I need to which which night should I come? Because I looked in my diary, well, and I, I don't say, really have anything on those weeks, so I don't well, know which you have night very I'll come. Ones socially in general. Um, you know which night of the week? Well, I don't want to
0: come to a night. Is it a date night type thing?
1: I don't. This, I don't know yet. I'm Thursday sure. night.
0: You'd imagine it's more of a date night. Monday night. It could be with your mates. Which night? Seniors night. <laughs> seniors night is on a Wednesday. Discounted tickets for <laughs> seniors. Uh, you might look quite honestly. You might want to come back. You might want to come back more than once. Mm. Oh, you'd be surprised. You'd be absolutely surprised. I can't wait to rock up and see the type of people that are going to be... In the crowd, it's going to be... Well, if it's anything like my previous shows in Comedy Festival and also Fringe Festival, the, the crowd's going to be amazing because I generally draw a more arts-based crowd. It's certainly not one for hardcore footy fans. Very few of those people have ever attended anything of mine in that sort of space. It's generally for the, uh, I guess we'll call it the artsy, in inverted commas types, and they really uh, give a lot of passion and energy to the performances. Why do I want to laugh when i are Because you're a very... This. In disingenuous person, uh, that's why.
1: No, I'm not taking... I just Can I just be clear? I'm not taking the piss out of you. Oh, you are. I really look forward to going. Oh, and but I look for forward reason, to taking the piss out of you there. for some reason, I just... I don't know. It just makes me laugh.
0: <laughs> One thing that made me laugh over the weekend was the Western Bulldogs making the finals and not in a negative way, in an almost sinister tone, I would laugh at that because I tell you what, who's going to want to play them?
1: Well... It's interesting for you to say that because you are the Western Bulldogs' biggest critic and have been in the past. And rightly so. Okay. Um, But they're playing probably, they are, not probably, I think over the past seven weeks they've scored the most points by about 200 points. And you know what? Welcome
0: back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And they deserve to be there. I was happy they got there. Credit where credit's due. I'm happy they got there. They've got some performances from some different players that have been, I think, outstanding. They've got some other players I think have toned it down and played more of a supporting role, which is great. It's very, very poor of me not to remember number 33's name. Aaron Norton. He's been fantastic. The Astronaut. Well, he has been an astronaut. He's been jumping all over the place. And, yes, he's had some stellar marks and stellar moments. But it's to me, it's not about that. It's the fact that he's prepared to launch and find ways to launch at the ball to create opportunities. He's been a real target. And I think he embodies what's happened at the Western Bulldogs. It seems to be a little bit more of a carefree approach. Uh, and let's just really show our best rather than overthinking it. And they've read the rewards. They're doing it without probably who was the player who was their best in the first
1: half of the year without Caleb Daniel, which I find really interesting. He was brilliant in the first half of the year, the way that he played off halfback and all these little chip kicks and mm. kind of through balls and stuff like that. So impressive that they're doing it without him. Also, but then you look at who they've got, and they've got someone like the Bont who is, I don't know if he impresses you when you watch him play. He's is, he is an incredible... Did you see his goal on the weekend in the first quarter... Where, you know, in, in basketball, there's that classic thing where you break a player's ankles when you go around them.
0: Mm-hmm. He broke Richard Duckler's ankles. It was incredible. He's a great size. He's a great shape. I was impressed with him early. Then I dropped off him because I think he got ahead of the situation and ahead of himself. Dropped off the bond. Yeah, I think after that Premiership, he just didn't get it right. And I don't know what it was. I'm not a part of his circle, so I'm not going to criticise him more than that. But he just didn't seem to have the right feel for the game. And now, I think you can put a lot of the credit on his shoulders for the way he's played over the the second half of this season. I think he's really got a nice balance. Even on the weekend's uh, game prior, the last game they played, I didn't feel like he had a great game at Patches, but overall he was able to build a game. And this is where a really good player uh, plays their best football when they're building a game. It's one thing to have 10 possessions in the first quarter, but if by the third quarter you're being ineffective, and, and possessions don't always define effectiveness, I'm talking just an effective play, maybe a bit like uh, Norton, as you said, he's launching at balls, he's being that astronaut, he's creating for others. Does he take every mark? No but he's being an effective member and it's consistent over the course of the day. And Bontempelli clearly is a very talented player, but I think he's showing more balance and a greater sense of leadership and that is why they're there. Yeah, he's being more, excuse me, consistent. He's being a lot
1: more consistent. He would have those quarters where he'd have, you know, 15 and a quarter or just completely turn it on, but now he's having those quarters and then kind of keeping the next three quarters up
0: to a consistently good level. Which is the exact opposite of GWS, who can't seem to string together a quarter to save themselves.
1: They well, they re-signed Stephen Cornelio for seven years. You know what Cornelio means in Italian? Don't don't know. No. Rabbits. Rabbit. Or rabbit. His last name is Rabbit. Rabbit. Stephen Rabbit.
0: Stephen Rabbit. I like I it. I think that's pretty cool. I wonder if that's his new nickname. Bugs. Bugs Bunny. I like it. Seven years at what price? Uh, I think it's like
1: um almost a million a year. What he's he's left four hundred thousand dollars a year on the table
0: so in terms sure. of what I think it's other clubs could offer contract. him. Stupid contract for both parties. I would never sign in 2019-20 for more than three years. Really? Absolutely. What's going to happen with a shift in salary cap? Shift in the game? Like to me, that's an outdated contract. What you think, by you...
1: signing seven years,
0: he's leaving money on the table. I think he just locked in. What if GWS really stinked? in five years' time. I agree. And he, he, and he really wants to leave to go somewhere else. I know you can demand a trade and so forth, but I just think in this day and age, three years with a player option for the fourth, it's reflective of American sports where more and more American sporting stars are looking for one- or two-year deals so they can control their next move, so they've got the leverage. I think those long-term, locked-in contracts, they're only really good for one person, and that's the manager.
1: Okay. So he po- he... What if he wanted the security and what if he uh, thinks that
0: GWS aren't going to be a terrible team in four years' time? At the end of the day, every athlete, every sports person has to sign a deal that they're happy with. It's got nothing to do with Anthony Colangelo, Glenn Manton and certainly Nathan Smart, who's never been the same same since (laughs) Coachella. There is no reason mm-hmm. for him to doubt himself. If he's happy, then he signs it. I'm just saying, in my view, I would lean towards a shorter-term deal. And you think about Bontempelli. Let's just t- go back to him for a moment. Let's say the Western Bulldogs win this Premiership. Mm. <laughs> Where does his status in the game go? Let alone every other dual Premiership player for the Western Bulldogs. The aim of the game is to play big games so and contract. win finals and hopefully win grand finals, the rest of it is irrelevant. I'm trying to remember when Bontempelli's out of contract. I think it's the end of next year. Well, there's a highly sought-after free agent and somebody that the Western Bulldogs, you would think, would want to sign up uh, in a hurry to secure him moving forward. Oh, no,
1: sorry. He re-signed for... Two years at the end of last year, so he'll be there to the end of
0: 2021. Right. Good deal. The deal uh, that Hawthorne have just done with the Jarman Impey, good deal. Good deal for Jarman Impey, good deal What for deal's Hawthorne. that? Well, he's on the verge of signing, signing a new a contract with Hawthorne. Great deal for Hawthorne in the sense of you are getting a th- what I would call a three-pronged player, somebody who's been fantastic on the field, and he really has been, He's fantastic off the field with the community. I've not seen any player garner as much respect and love as him off the field. And he's terrific with sponsors. He mm. takes that seriously as well. So you've got somebody who's really building a club there. Sign him up because he's got all those attributes. And getting back to his on-field assets, he's got power and speed. Were you three prongs? Absolutely. I, I gave everything I could to the Carlton Football Club and the Essendon Football Club on the field. I've done more for the community than, well, anyone that I'd like to put my name up against. I'm happy to go there. And in terms of sponsors, yeah, absolutely. I knew where my bread was buttered. And I've got that many female athlete friends who I watched day after day after day struggle to get any interest from any sponsor. And they were always so grateful to get a pair of socks or a pair of shoes or whatever it may be that it made me realise very early on that it was an absolute privilege to be getting X, Y and Z from a sponsor.
1: Who was your weirdest or coolest sponsor? Most leftist centre sponsor? My weirdest or
0: coolest sponsor?
1: One that you wouldn't expect. Well,
0: I had a an arrangement, if you like, a, a friendship with Black Flies It was a sunglasses brand. It was pretty out there back in the 90s for uh, a, a great period of time. And uh, they would hook me up with all sorts of gear and apparel, but you you want to talk about sponsorship and and I guess uh, affiliations and how it feels to be sponsored and and how that can affect you. I'll never forget the first time I went to the Adidas outlet when Adidas was sponsoring uh, Carlton and they were interested in sponsoring me and they asked me to basically go shopping uh, that Adidas outlet. And I chose some tracksuit pants, and they might have been in black, Mm. and they said to me, hey, you realise these come in five other colours? And I said, look, I'm happy with the black ones, Mm. thank you very much. And they said, no, 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 you've got to take the other five different colours as well. We want you to be happy. My car literally dragged out of the car park, (laughs) and I dragged it home. No, it was very, very embarrassing because when I got home and unpacked the car, I didn't feel a sense of satisfaction or happiness. I felt a sense of disappointment in my behaviour that I'd taken six different pairs of tracksuit pants when I just needed one. So I think in terms of anyone listening to this, especially if any young athletes are listening to this, it's got to be about a real balance with your relationships, with your sponsor, where you're giving back and you're not taking more than you need. But
1: they wanted you to
0: take Of course, but you need to show more restraint than that. I was recently offered some uh, apparel by a particularly big sponsor uh, in terms of, uh, or I should say brand, in terms of uh, footwear and whatnot. And I I said, no, I don't. I'm not taking that. I don't need that at this point in time. That's that's something for down the track if we solidify our relationship. So I just think, you know, greed is never good. You don't need to be greedy. You've looked up black flies. Yeah, they're interesting. Well, they're very 90s. They're... They're very nice. What 90s. do you think, Nathan Smart? They're kind of... Uh,
1: Classic dad sunnies. <laughs> no, they're not, they are not dad stud
0: sunnies. They are specials from the <clears throat> 90s, let me tell you.
1: They're the kind of sun... They're Bogan sunglasses. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, this is, <laughs> this
0: is the 90s. Hey, uh, When were you born? What year? 1991. 1991, please. When you were born? 98. Oh, my Far. God. You <laughs> were born in 98. So in yeah. 1991... <clears throat> Goodness me, I'm 18, and by 1998, we'll do the math on that. I'm 25, so I'm well ahead of the curve for both of you, gentlemen. A team that isn't ahead of the curve. No, we're skipping on. We're talking football because this is going to be I, a lo- tight. The reason I asked you about pod. the prongs
1: because I wanted to. I was setting up a joke. I'll go you joke about is you, Do you have a fourth prong about keeping porridge off your top?
0: Yeah, this is the uh because given weekend No, time. no, but
1: there's a bit of porridge on, to oh, on, the, porridge. on the top.
0: Oh, yeah. oh that's probably from, that, from my dog. Did I tell you i got a dog? Yeah, yeah. I, you, I love what dog. Would your dog crap on you or something? You no, know, he's, he's just probably had a little bit of a slobber there. Mm. And that's fine. I love my dog so much. His name's Jack's little <laughs> shih tzu cross. He sleeps in the bed with me. He's just the best. Talk what about, him what about your cats? They're dead to me. They're really dead to me. I'm over them. They don't give any of the sort so of they're love. just
1: they're just like a toy that you just they're a toy. i They're a them. living thing. Yeah, they're not really. So you felt bad too, really. you felt bad to getting too many too many tracksuit
0: pants, but you don't yeah, care about nah. having too many pets. I have absolutely no care for my cats. I can't stand them. In fact, anyone listening to this pod can have them. That's I've something really I'll be bringing them. up at your free show <laughs> with your I'm with your joking. audience participation. I absolutely love my cats. I say good morning to them every morning. Oh, I l- treat l- them Lucky like them. I treat them like absolute. Gods. Rocky and Rocky 2 They are the best, best cats you could possibly have. You're a man who's never even had a pet. You've never even had a goldfish. What does that say about you as a human being? It doesn't say anything about me. Mate, it says that you're a very, very insular human being and as a child you could have benefited from having a furry friend. I think I've turned out just fine. Yeah, well that's your perception. (laughs) Speaking of turning out just fine, the Brisbane Lions, their season turned out just fine. It's turned out very well, they finished. Second on the ladder. Can they win the premiership? Yeah, I don't think so. Why? Because they can't play in Melbourne. I just think they're too young, and it's it, even for their development. It's going to put them almost in a Western Bulldogs position. Here we go. Give them another year. Give them another year. Let's see them get to a prelim and do very well in that, and then they can. Really but what if they got to the t- grand
1: final and won it? Oh
0: hats off to them, okay. brilliant, happy for them and, and But you're you know, not
1: saying that it would be better for them to not win it this year and
0: win it next year instead. Look, I'm all about some consistency and longevity and to go back to my AFL career, incredibly successful in terms of finals and the Carlton Football Club. But did we underachieve? Yes we did. Best team in the in the league in ninety-five by a stretch, if not one of the best premiership teams ever only to really fail for the next couple of years to capitalize on that. That's why I think this year my tip is the Richmond Football Club to win the Premiership because I think anyone in that playing group would have to say, you know what, if we can steal another one here, then we've done an incredible job because it's really hard to stay at the top, let alone all the external factors, be it injuries, you know, player relationships, coaching, uh, I guess, mechanics, because we've seen over the course of this year some good coaches fall off the perch for whatever reason, mainly because I think their messages just gets completely mm. stale. Ross Lyon, stale. Scott, stale. Mm. Going nowhere. So you've, you've got to really make hay while the sun shines. And as I said, I think the Richmond Football Club are the favourites to win the Premiership in my mind because they've got a chance to strike for one more. And I'm not suggesting Richmond then slip to 10th next year, but I just think it's hard to stay at the top. So if the Brisbane Lions can have a great final series... Build some real confidence because they've got young kids, haven't they? They'd have to have one of the youngest playing lists, wouldn't they? Uh, I
1: don't know about list, but in their in their team? team, they're a very young
0: team. So l- let's just say that they <coughs> walk away from this final series with a coach that they seem to embrace and like, whose message isn't stale. And they say, you know what? Forget all this nonsense about whether we're good enough. We are good enough, and therefore, two thousand and twenty to two thousand and twenty-three. We're going to go the jugular And that would be a tremendous result I'm sure the Brisbane Lions would prefer Two, three premierships than one stolen one This is no
1: blight on Chris Fagan Or Sorry, no, the other way around I am going to say what I'm going to say No, it's no blight on Luke Beveridge But I think that If Brisbane were to win it this year They wouldn't fall in a Bulldogs-like hole You don't think they would? No Why is that? because they've got Chris Fagan there who wouldn't let them do that. They've won a premiership relatively recently. Is that <coughs> a backhanded slap against the face of no, the Western Bulldogs coach? No, no, it's not, coach? it's not. Like Mr. Beveridge? It's not because the Bulldogs hadn't won a premiership in, what, f- 60 years it was. So I think it was a bit different for them culturally. Yeah, Whereas cool. Brisbane, they've been there. Well, the club's been there before. They've got a player like Luke Hodge and... Chris Fagan, who have been there before with Hawthorne, and they kind of had this similar thing happen in Hawthorne in 2009 where they had a premiership hangover. So they would be very aware of not letting that happen uh, up at Brisbane.
0: And it's a very fair call. You make some good points. Uh, I just think in the long view of success in terms of AFL football clubs, you're looking at, you know, three to five-year windows rather than one-year strikes at success. Now, I, I hope they figure well in the finals because I think it brings the best out of mm. two states. Mm. You're getting the Brisbane followers and faithful and you're, of course, getting all of those Fitzroy supporters mm. out of the woodwork of, of which there were many and, mm. and a lot of passionate in between supporters who are happy to support that team. One team that I'm interested in getting a final take before we wind this particular pot up. And remember, you can contact us via our Instagram accounts, although my account has been absolutely flooded with emails and messages, direct messages, I should say. At Uh, Glenmanton. Yes, via school students. So I might not get to your... Nah,
1: you should message Glenmanton every day.
0: Yeah, well, that's a kind uh, On offer, Instagram. And I'd like to take those messages. Tell me about the Bombers. Can the Bombers do anything? You liked one of my photos the other day, I think. Oh, absolutely. Which was a massive I surprise
1: because you don't actually I follow find me. You,
0: find your account to be incredibly stimulating. Where was it? It uh, was last week. here. I want to talk Bombers for two minutes, and I want to know if they fail miserably in this finals uh, series, is that the end for the coach? Y-
1: yes, it will be. And he's kind of in a lose-lose situation because they got to go to Perth and play West Coast and they there's probably nothing
0: he can do to stop them getting belted, really. Well, you would think that the, the game plan would be to have no game plan. As in? Let's get on the plane, fly over there, be as loose as hell, get out there and just free yeah, wheel. The worry
1: is West Coast are going to be absolutely smarting and furious from... Their lost the week before, which cost them a top four spot. And they are going to come out and be absolutely brutal and clinical and methodical. Not to mention they lost the week before that against Richmond, which they really could have won as well, where they played in the first half. This is what I don't get. First half of that game, they played probably some of the best football that's been played by any team all season. Then they come out the next week against Hawthorne and lose, playing really poor football I reckon Essendon. It and
0: there's nothing they can do. As I said, I think the only way they come out is just to just freewheel and just run and throw the ball around and be as cavalier as you like. Mm. I think that's their only way forward. They're not going to have the crowd on their side. They're not going to have the atmosphere on their side in terms of the intensity. They're probably not going to have the umpires on their side. Mm. They're just going to have to play some really, really adventurous football.
1: They could have John Coleman at full forward and... Is he back this Justin week? Dustin Fletcher is he? at full back and James Heard in the middle. Excuse me. And it still wouldn't save them.
0: Pre or, pre or post uh, uh, injection scandal? Do you uh, James, James Heard pre. Do you reckon John Coleman would have submitted himself for injections?
1: Well, he kicked 12 goals in his first game. There must have been some peptides wow. there.
0: That's a huge hot take. Didn't John he, Coleman, he, kicked, he kicked drug
1: like, cheat? I think he kicked like over 500 <laughs> goals in 98 games or something. Yeah, it's well, amazing. So you're suggesting he
0: was maybe taking two or three Sudafed before a no, game? I'm
1: just saying it's amazing. <laughs> and I wish
0: I was alive to see it. He would have been an incredible person to watch play football. Your mate Alec Eppis would have Oh, known. Alec Eppis punched him in the head. Did he really? In the face. There you yeah. go. Oh, well, I, I completely screwed that story up. Excuse me. He went to punch him in the face and the club doctor stepped in and he knocked out the club doctor. Because he and John Coleman, he being Alec Eppis and John Coleman, did not get along. And they made it was actually in Perth where they had a conversation about uh, uh, the fact that Cooker, Alec Epis felt that John Coleman had uh, disrespected him. And they came to agreement that when they got off the plane back in Melbourne and got back to the club, that they'd square up and sort it out. And so they did square up and sort it out. And Cooker threw a punch to um, obviously flatten John Coleman, who apparently could fight a bit. Mm. And the club doctor got in the way and instead of hitting John Coleman, he knocked out the club doctor, (laughs) which is a classic story. The
1: greatest respect to Cooker. Who I've met and who's fantastic and John Coleman, who I haven't met. It's a very childish way to sort things out, don't you think?
0: I think it's hilarious. It's, it's hilarious. It's mano a mano. It's back in the day. Would you sort something out like that these days? Oh, I have every intention after this podcast to ask you to head down to the forecourt of this building and, and we have uh, pistols at six paces. Be left, right, Good night. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think you've been <laughs> in a fight in your life. I haven't, no. No. And on that note... We thank you for joining with us on Big Fish Little Pond. A last word to any of our listeners?
1: Um, If I was to fight Glenn Manton, there'd be two hits in it. (laughs) One right to your head and then the other one your head on the
0: floor. Wow. (laughs) For a man who doesn't like violence, that's a violent way to end this podcast. We look forward to speaking with you soon.